Hi, everybody. You're listening to Let's Stay Together, which is a podcast, you know, about the manga Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. So we have a couple, I have some little minor announcements. I feel like I, I said this a couple times. I can't remember if I said it in an episode and I also posted it on Tumblr, but we're on Twitter now. So if anybody is looking to, if you're like a Twitter person, you can also follow us on Twitter. And also we started a new thing where we're making episodes about the anime, little short episodes. Or at least ideally they'll be short. <laughs> we'll see. Mm-hmm. I thought these no were going to... No promises. I mean, we did make that one episode of this that was like an hour and a half or something. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, but yeah, the ideas are just going to... We're calling it the Let's Stay Together anime break. And we're just going to... The plan is to quickly talk about the episodes and talk about if there are divergences from the from the manga. We do basically the same setup where we'll talk about there'll be a little summary uh, discussion and then spoilery discussion. So it'll be the same, the same thing. If you're trying to not be spoiled, have no fear because we won't be spoiling it unless you want to be spoiled, in which case you just listen to the whole episode and it'll be, it'll be yeah. fine. Okay. Those are my announcements <laughs> today. Oh, also, I guess I should say thank you all for your patience in this releasing this episode. As you can tell, I can now talk for a long period of time, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. So Kayla and I were actually in the same physical location. If you can't tell, but I'm sure you can, we, we record over Skype, so we're not in the same place. And we were briefly together and we were going to record and I was really sad about it that we couldn't record together. Uh, mm-hmm. But because I had been sick, I could only talk in a whisper for like three days straight or four mm-hmm. days straight. Yeah, we thought about uh, just doing it that way and billing it as an ASMR <laughs> episode or... Maybe pretending Alan was a robot and some <laughs> text speech. Yes. We decided waiting was the best option. It was a better choice, I think, in the end. <laughs> Unless you want to listen to Microsoft Sam for an episode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was awful. I had to tell everybody my orders. I had to be like, ask for hot water the whole time <laughs> that we went out. <laughs> and we made a lot of jokes about not being able to talk, and it was great. Um, yeah. But yeah, tell me where things are, and I'd be like, "Is it a secret?" <laughs> yeah. Also, what was I thought was really funny, and I don't, I think I don't think everybody noticed, but then everybody was quiet all the time. So like, yeah. so everybody else would like whisper, or talk really quietly, which I thought was kind of weird. Because <laughs> they wouldn't be able to hear you otherwise. Yeah. Or if we the, actually the really worst thing was like we would go out to eat somewhere, they'd be playing really loud music, and I'd be like, "Ask for water," and the person sitting next to me would be like, "What?" and I'd be like, "Water." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. And then I went back to work when I got back from traveling and people were like, oh, your voice sounds a little, sounds a little off. Are you, are you getting sick? And it was like, this is the most I've been able to talk for the last, since Sunday or whatever. <laughs> and it was awful. <laughs> anyway, so thank you all for your patience. And also a couple people, um, a couple of people commented and they were, and, and wished me well and, and, and we're hoping that I would get better. So thank you very much. That was really sweet. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, I don't know what order. So we just recorded some episodes. We recorded the first um, couple episodes that I was mentioning about the anime. And I mentioned in there that we, in one of them, that we really enjoy getting all people's asks and and messages. And I, I do really appreciate it. It's really nice. I feel mm-hmm. um, very, like, it makes my day. And also I feel really pleased that we're, we have this kind of connection with our little audience, which is great. I'm really happy about it. Our hearts it. grow three sizes every time we read one. Yes, every single time. <laughs> Our hearts are going to be so big by the end of yeah. this. We're going to have like elephant hearts. <laughs> um, I'm going into cardiac arrest as we speak. <laughs> yeah, by the way, please send help. <laughs> <laughs> 
we you also pointed out to me while we were together that our our tumblr has more than 50 followers uh or had more than 50 followers it probably has more i mean it has more now i know but um so yeah that was also really awesome so thank you all for you know being so supportive and sending your comments and following us on the social network it's nice on the social network social networks <laughs> it's nice that um <laughs> it's nice um it's just nice to hear back because uh like i don't know basically we, we record these and then it goes into the ether so it's just yeah. nice to get people's comments and it's great yeah we're not just screaming into the void <laughs> or, yeah or in my case whispering into the void yeah. <laughs> so yeah thank you all so much Anyway, today we're going to talk about chapters 15 and 16 of the manga. We're going to do our regular format that we follow every time, which is a summary uh, discussion and then a spoilery discussion. Okay, so chapter 15. The first the first panel that we get of chapter 15 is this kind of like sketchy style outline of Kyo with the dialogue overlaid. I don't want to see, I don't want to think about anything. And then our chapter proper begins uh, with the gang inspecting Yuki's locker. And Yuki asks what they're looking for. And Uo says that they, she thought that they'd get to see a whole slew of chocolates pour out of Yuki's locker. And Yuki is like, that doesn't happen in real life. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, alas, there's only one gift of chocolate inside. And the gang seems dismayed. And by the gang, I mean Uo, Hana, and Toru. I didn't say that. but <laughs> <laughs> They seem kind of dismayed. But Hana has a theory. It could be that... The Yuki fangirls, much like the common cuckoo, kicking other birds' eggs out of the nest. They have been replacing the chocolate that was previously in Yuki's locker with one. And the proof is in the trash can, as it turns out. And Hana says that she's the hawk that swoops in to eat the chocolate. <laughs> so, and then so Yuki's just standing by, letting them root through his locker and steal chocolate. <laughs> He's like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then Kyo shows up. Um, Uo greets him with a yo. And then he's like, hey, which I thought was really, I don't know, there's something about it that's really charming. I like their little yeah. friendship. This is their I friendship based on arguing and, and very um, curt greetings. Being annoyed by things. Yeah, basically. They have a deep connection to their uh, Kyo's. I feel like Kyo would have been a Yankee if he could have been, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he certainly has that attitude. Um, Kyo stares Yuki down with this look of utter loathing and then punches the locker right beside him. And then he stalks off to class. I feel like Kyo is not the best at morning greetings. <laughs> like every time, every time it's the morning, he's like, "Shut up!" or like whatever. And this time, he just punched Yuki's locker or punched the locker beside where you're standing. He's like the only early riser in the series. Yeah, he well, he gets up and then he does his training and then he's pissed off for the rest of the day. Yeah. Seems like it's not working. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Uo comments that he's not even hiding the fact that he hates Yuki, and Hana says that he's giving off naive waves. And Uo and Toru are like, "What?" And then Hana says, he's in chaos. And Uo is like, well, it's none of my business as long as he's not causing problems for Torkun. The gang then, in the next scene, they're in the classroom. I don't know. There, there wasn't a clear transition, but they're, they're sitting in the classroom. And all the girls are kind of hovering around Yuki, anticipating when they can give Yuki their chocolate. And Toru thinks that it must be the scariest day of the year for the Zodiac. I didn't mention this before, but it's Valentine's Day because I was saving it for this moment where Kyo, a girl gives Kyo some chocolate. And Toro and Uo are like, oh, Kyo's popular too. And there's a lot of cute, um, we keep talking about all these little background, like continuity things that are happening. And there's a bunch in this chapter. Like there's the girl who's like creepy stare. The girls are all creepy staring at Yuki all in the background while they're Toro and Uo and Hana are talking. 
the girl who gives Kyo chocolate then talks to her friend and is like, I did it, like, in the background, and it's really cute. Um, but yes, we learned that Toru is planning to give all the Soma boys chocolate, uh, and Uo and Hana as well, because she does this every year, like an awesome, kind friend would do. <laughs> and then, so meanwhile, Kyo's buddies, these two boys come over, or I think they're Kyo's buddies, uh, to congratulate Kyo on getting chocolate. And one is like, want to bet on how much you'll get? And then Kyo, only then Kyo is like, is today Valentine's Day? <laughs> he was consumed with his hatred for Kyo, or for, for Yuki all the time and didn't notice the calendar creeping up on him or whatever. <laughs> um, and they're like, no, it's tomorrow. And Kyo is like, he stands up and he's like, I'm going home. And everybody is like, what? They're kind of all, all the class is kind of looking at him in confusion. And then he's like, no, it's too dangerous. I got to get out of town. Um, and so he, as he is hustling to get out the door, their teacher shows up and stops him from leaving by, like, slapping him in the face with a folder, which is also awesome. And she's like, oh, what, you're trying to cut class, punk? And then as he sasses her back, she threatens to dye his hair, his beautiful orange hair, if he misbehaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and she teases him about getting chocolate and continues to be sassy as Kyo sits back down. And Toru is temporarily believe- relieved, but wonders why Kyo... Or he- she wonders if Kyo has bad memories of Valentine's Day. Outside, after class... The wind blows, and Toru realizes what Kyo is concerned about because Kagura is waiting for them at the school gate. <laughs> and she, mm-hmm. Kyo's face when they, uh, when they see her is just like shocked and panicked. Um, and Kagura, Kagura runs up to greet Kyo, which of course turns into chasing him passionately as he runs away. And Toru wonders if it's <laughs> unfair to Kagura, but she feels a little sorry for Kyo. <laughs> <laughs> Later at Shigeru's house, they're all sitting around the glorious Kotats trying to be warm. Um, and Kagura says that Valentine's Day is important for lovers. And Kyo is like, lovers! And Shigure is like, don't be rude. She'll break my house. <laughs> I love how uh, Shigure's primary concern often is the house being broken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kyo is like, this wouldn't have happened if I just left damn Valentine's Day sneaking up on me. And Yuki is like, most people would have noticed. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Shigure asks if Kagura came to give Kyo chocolate. She says no. She came to ask him to go somewhere special tomorrow to give him the chocolate. And Kyo was like, what? And Toru comes in and is like, oh, you mean like on a date? And Kagura's like, oh, and you put it so bluntly, it's embarrassing. <laughs> and they have their little cute moment. And Kyo was like, no. <laughs> and then Kagura stands up and is like, you'll do it. And her scary face. And then Kyo is like, fuck no. And then, sorry, that's my interpretation of what he says. I can't remember what he actually says. Um, Kagura makes this little piggy Uh-oh. snort noise. <laughs> yeah, her little shock reaction is identified by a annoying yes yeah it was great (laughs) it's like uh her face is her eyes are kind of like shaded like they're covered and it's like piggy snort oink it was kind of awesome i feel like um kagura's it's not like kyo like yowls or, or meows or anything like that like i like how kagura has this kind of like really um i don't know boorish reaction when she's angry which is funny but anyway, her rage turns into sadness and tears well in her eyes. And she's like, you could be a little bit nicer. And then Kyo is kind of like, don't cry. Like he kind of s- submits to the, the feelings, the feels. Um, Shigure pops in and is like, Ugh, I can't stand it any longer. If you must make out, please do it somewhere else. And Kyo is like, no one asked you. <laughs> uh, Kagura suggests that they make it a double date. And then with Yuki and Toru and then the there's a little cut to a panel of i guess like Tor's handing yuki a drink and they're both like huh and it says there's a little note that's like suddenly dragged into the conversation or something 
uh, Shiguri thinks it sounds like fun, and Yuki's like, wait, wait, and then Kyo's like, why should I have to do anything with that damn rat? And Toru, who reacts last and cutest, is like, mm-hmm. oh, I've never been on a date before, is, is it allowed? And Yuki and Kyo <laughs> notice her shiny-eyed excitement, and then Kyo gives in. I think there's, like, the kanji that says, like, defeat or whatever. Yeah. Her, Toru looks so excited about it, too. It'd yeah, be, it would be difficult. <laughs> it would be difficult to deny her, I think. <laughs> Uh, so after that, Kagura leaves. And as she leaves, she mentions that uh, Hataru told her that Yuki and Kyo were getting along a little better and that if they got to know each other and started to get along, she would really like that too. Um, and then she takes off. And Shiguri is, of course, there to pick on Kyo immediately. And he tacks on that Haru is wise and that people need to compromise. And Kyo is like, I don't want to get to know Yuki better. I hate him and I like hating him. And then he storms off outside. Toru is there, I think, from doing some chores or something, and she's, like, carrying something around, and she overhears it. And Yuki also appears at the top of the stairs and overhears the next thing, which is that, um... Sorry, Kyo hasn't stormed off yet. Yuki shows up and overhears the next thing, which is... Shigure says that, um, Kyo acts like he's obligated to hate Yuki, but his eyes tell a different story that he's afraid to find out. And then we see a flashback from the last chapter where Yuki is lying on the ground when he wasn't able to breathe. It's actually like directly cut from the chapter. Like it's a, it's like directly, it's the same panel or the same two panels where it's Yuki laying on the ground and Kyo looking at him concerned. We talked about this in the episode, like mm-hmm. the way that he uh, reacts. But anyway, that, that specific, those two specific panels are cut there um, and kind of like faded or whatever. The normal, like we get the Takaya memory treatment on the images um and then on the next page on the right side of the page we see this flash in kind of like a negative image style um kyo has this shocked face and then he seems like he's remembering something very shocking it if you look at the bottom of the page it looks like we see a, a person um we see like an arm and a torso it's not clear who the person is and it looks like a they're on a, a pool of dark liquid which i assume is blood i mean like we can't mm-hmm. It's difficult to discuss this because we know what this is, you and I do, but yeah. <laughs> um, I do have some things I think we can say without spoiling why he has this kind of flashback. But um, but yeah, anyway, so we see this this image of this shocking image that looks like something that Kyo is remembering. Kyo then runs off. I'm sorry, I said it earlier, but this is when he, he tells it out of there. Um, and then Toru runs after him. Yuki comes down the stairs and he's like... What were you talking about? And Shigure says that he was irritated and maybe he pushed Kyo a bit too hard, which is interesting. Outside, Kyo or Toru tracks Kyo down, and her it, when she finds him, he's like crouched and kind of huddled. Um, like he's crouched on the ground and he's kind of hugging himself, which is really, really sad. It's one of the saddest things I think I've seen so far in the series, actually. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I remembered. Um, but yeah. She her expression kind of softens into like concern. I wrote in my notes that it's the face that I try to make when some, I want someone else to know that I'm concerned. Like it's, <laughs> you kind of like her, her eyes are kind of narrowed, but like, um, and, and her eyebrows are kind of like scrunched into <laughs> a little, a concerned looking face. And Toru thinks that it's as if hating is a way to protect it, it's as if hating things or whatever the hate that Kyo is expressing is a way of protecting himself. She says, or she thinks, I'm sure the answer is in such a deep place that he'll have to figure it out for himself. Kyo is like, forget, forget it, forget what happened. It has nothing to do with you. Toru thinks 
that no matter what she says, she may not be able to cheer him up, but she says, anyway, she says, you don't have to get along, it's okay. I thought I wanted you to get along, but it's okay even if you hate him. And this, it seems like Kyo kind of lifts his head up a little bit and he opens his eyes, like his head is completely down on his knees, but then in the next uh, panel, he's looking up. He remembers what Toru said, so he has this kind of, this memory of what she said before, where she's talking, comparing him to an umeboshi. She says, I can see them, there's an amazing umeboshi on your back, Kyokun. Kyokun is wonderful too, in his memories, this is what he remembers her saying. Um, it seems like he reacts, relaxes further and then sits up, and he simply replies, yeah, yeah. We see Toru's eyes in this one scene where he talks and is kind of surprised again. In this scene, she kind of flips back and forth between being concerned and then surprised. I have a little note about it to discuss, but mm-hmm. but she's. it seems like she's a little surprised by him responding to her. And then Kyo says, I don't want to see, I don't want to think about it, not yet. So this is basically what was being foreshadowed in the very first part of the chapter. Um, it looks like it's the same scene, like Kyo's wearing like almost the same thing in that little sketchy scene. But Toru thinks that Kyo's heart is delicate, just like Yuki's. They walk back together, and Toru asks if it's okay that they're all going out together, and Kyo says he doesn't care just this once. Toru's inner monologue continues, saying, Yuki and Kyo hold on to suffering, pain, and anxiety. Someday I hope that I can wipe all that away like they did for me, um, because I want both of them to be happy. And at this part of the dialogue, Kyo looks over at Toru, who's kind of smiling, this little smile, like a very small, satisfied kind of smile. And he blushes a little, and then he bonks her on the noggin, as he tends to do. <laughs> um, they get back to the house, and Shigure teases Kyo, of course, uh, and the balance in the house is restored. Toru is like, it's like <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> um, there's also an omake at the end of this chapter, where Shigure teases about Yuki being a woman. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. But the the payoff is that we get a little angry rat Yuki at the bottom, which was cute. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In chapter 16, uh, chapter 16 opens with uh, baby Shigure waking up in the morning. There's some floral imagery there. I think it's magnolia. It looks like to me, which is like these, um, it's kind of this like tulip shaped flower uh, on a tree. I think that it's magnolia. But anyway. Um, there's a monologue or kind of like his internal monologue there. It says, I had a dream about the one I love and there was nothing that I could do. So we cut to the present. Shigure is listening to a voicemail from someone like scream begging him to have the last page, 20 pages ready and that she'll be coming over. And he's like, well, she did say please. <laughs> uh, Yuki and Toru pop in to say that they're heading out soon. And Shigure tells Yuki not to be cheap or anything. And then he also sasses Kyo or they're heading out for their date. Um, and Sasa's Kyo, who is like grumpily watching the news. And we know that he's grumpy because his little kitty ears are up. <laughs> yeah. It's really great. Um, and it's it, Shigure... like a foot away from the TV. Yeah, it's really funny. It's like, like he's a little kid. It, it's like he's a little kid. Like, it's really cute. I thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is a great way to ruin your eyes. Um, and he, he Sasa's Kyo to do the same, which of course Kyo replies, this is stupid. So, you know. It's another typical morning with Kyo. <laughs> the first thing out of his mouth is that something is stupid. <laughs> anyway, Toru asks if Shigure is okay delivering her chocolate to the other Soma guys because she's going out. And Yuki says, Yuki's like, well, there's no need for you to go to the main house. And Shigure and Toru are like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, because they know that she's already been. Um, Shigure puts his hand on Toru's head uh, and is like, just have fun today. And of course, she smiles and says, okay. 
After that, we get a little creepy glint in Shigure's eyes in this one panel. Um, and then he sees the gang off for their double date adventure. The answering machine picks up another call from Shigure's editor, who is saying that he could pretend to be out, but just please don't leave. And Shigure is like, well, if that's the behavior she expects from me, then I must do my part not to let her down. <laughs> uh, we cut to Toruyo. Uh, Toruyo. We cut to Suru, Yuki, uh, and Kyo meeting up with Kagura, who has lamprayed herself to Kyo already immediately. And she says she couldn't sleep because she was so excited. And Kyo is like, oh, well, you better go home and take a nap then because you're tired or whatever, which I thought was funny. Um, Toru kind of looks off like she's distracted. And Yuki asks if she's still worried about Shigure. She says she is. Um, she can't tell what he's thinking. And Yuki says that aside from Matori, very few people can. Someone once described him as a ripple on the water. He's a man who can't be caught. And we see that little uh, flash of that person. It looks like a woman describing uh, Shigure that way. Yuki says that it's poetic, but if you ask him, Shigure is more like a jellyfish floating on the water. And it says in a little side note there that someone else also said that and that it was Satori. <laughs> <laughs> So it was funny. Kagura um, calls for them to hustle to get to the movie on time. And Yuki thinks that Shigure may be smiling on the outside, but on the inside, he's up to something. We also see some floral imagery again, which looks like ivy this time. So I looked up the meaning of ivy on the... Uh, there's like... I think I linked it in an earlier episode in the show notes. The Hanokotoba, which is like the meaning of flowers... And this website says that Ivy represents like friendship and fidelity or whatever. So I was like, I don't, I don't think that's why it's being used there, but whatever. There's some weird. Does Ivy have that many berries? I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. The leaves look like Ivy and it has those little, they do, little curly things. Yeah, the little things but, that grab onto stuff. But yeah, I've never seen Ivy with that many berries. I don't but... know. I've never seen it with berries. I'm Googling Ivy Bear. Oh, it does have a lot. Oh. <laughs> Google Ivy Berries. It says English ivy, very good for birds. This article from The Guardian. <laughs> ivy berries are some of the last available sustenance for hungry birds before the temperature increases and other sources of food disappear. Can you eat ivy berries? Oh, the entire plant is toxic. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, were, uh, lost in the woods and trying to figure out what you should eat. Uh, don't eat what the birds eat. They have a different digestive system from you. Yeah, they'll just poop out all the poison. They eat, eat what the bears eat. <laughs> good, a good. Po- also, a great safety note. So, like adding to our safety notes before, tell someone where you're yeah. going. Don't live in a tent. <laughs> don't eat the same thing that birds eat. <laughs> uh, we're doing the world of good here. <laughs> yes, all fifty some followers. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Huh. Safety. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we cut from this little scene of uh, of Yuki. We cut to the main house. I don't think it's a Tori's house. I'm pretty sure it's the main house. We cut to a traditional Japanese house. Um, so I'm pretty sure it's the main house where Shigure has come bearing the chocolate for Hitori. Hitori or Shigure is like, here's some Valentine's chocolate for me. And Hitori slams the door in his face, <laughs> which is also great. And then Shigure is like, I lied, it's from Toru, please let me in. And Hattori is like, what an idiot. <laughs> They're sitting at a table and uh, looks like someone brings them tea. And this is another reason why I think it's the main house, because uh, I don't know if we've seen it yet. This is, I guess, maybe a minor spoiler if this is the first time, but there are some, there are like maids or, or people who take care of 
<laughs> like they bring people stuff in the main house. So someone brings mm-hmm. them, a woman brings them tea, or at least she brings like China cups. So I assume it's tea. Um, and Tori comments that Tori is very thoughtful as they're sitting down. And Shigure says that he also brought chocolate for Omiji and Haru. Shigure says that he volunteered to bring the chocolate because Tori was on a double date with Yukikyo and Kagura. And Tori is like, that's unexpected. And Shigure is like, isn't it just? <laughs> that's also my interpretation. He doesn't say it like that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Tori comments that uh, Toru has quite the influence on them. And then we cut briefly to them, quote unquote, enjoying the movie Mogetta, The Last Crusade, <laughs> which is funny because this is the first time we're seeing Mogetta, which is like a recurring, I don't know, side character in Furuba. Yeah. In, in the movie, the main character is like, Mogetta, don't give in to the forces of evil. And then there's some other stuff about transforming in Kagura and Toru are like crying and Yuki and Kyo mm-hmm. are just like, like not looking at the movie, like they're just bored or whatever. Um, that little cutscene is funny. I thought it was funny. Anyway, back in our main conversation between Hitori and Shigure, Hitori smiles and says that that might be Toru's influence. There's something about her that softens people. And Shigure lights a cigarette and then he flicks the match into the ashtray and misses like an asshole. He's going to burn that whole main house down. Um, <laughs> Shigure says uh, he was picking on Kyo earlier and Hitori is like, you shouldn't do that. And then Shigure is like, when he, when Kyo came back with Toru, it was like, nothing happened. Uh, that Toru was like a tranquilizer for Yuki and Kyo. And Hitori is like, well, you must be pleased with yourself. Everything is going as he planned. And Shigure looks like he's surprised that Hitori would say that. Then with the kind of like side eyes, he, he asks Hitori, why, why are you taking that tone with me? Hitori chucks his match into the, actually hits the ashtray and gets it in the ashtray <laughs> and is like, you're lying. Uh, you and Akito are doing a great job using Toru for your own selfish reasons. And then Tori looks sternly at Shigure, and Shigure looks away. And I think there's kind of like a moment, and then Shigure looks at Hattori and asks if he remembers the morning that he had that dream. Hattori and he and Aya, someone named Aya who we haven't met yet, all cried. Shigure says, that morning it became something painful for you two, but for me it still remains in my heart. Um, and his inner monologue kind of continues, and we get a couple of like flashbacks so the inner monologue says that longing that passion paralyzingly sweet and sad we see a memory of what looks like baby Hitori and Shigure and Shigure is saying I want to make it last forever I want to hold it in my hands and I will Shigure says like back in the present Shigure says that he still remembers that vow and that if he can make it happen he won't feel guilty about it even if someone gets hurt in the process and then Hitori face palms. I mean, he kind of like pushes his bangs back in frustration. Um, and Shigure continues, there are times when I hate myself for it, especially when I see Toruku and she really is a good kid. She may be a tranquilizer for Kyo and Yuki, but for Shigure, he's forced to see that he may be the filthiest one of all, that he may be the most cursed. And then while he says this, there's a cutaway uh, again to Kyo and Toru and Yuki and Kagura on their date. It looks like they're at a table, like maybe they're going to order food. Their conversation is interrupted because because Akito is ready for a, che- a checkup. And Shigure is like, let me stand in for you. And Atori is like, I thought you might say that. <laughs> Shigure is about to leave to see Akito. And Atori comments that one of these days, Yuki or Kyo or even Toru might go off on him. And Shigure is like, I hate pain, but I guess it can't be helped. And Atori says, I won't be on your side, but I won't be your enemy either. And Shigure smiles, kind of a small smile in return. Shigure takes off, and Atori sasses Shigure not to let Akito catch a cold. 
as Sugar Ray leaves, Satori says that he's just as dirty as Sugar Ray. And that's the end of their scene. The scene then transitions into this like internal monologue, which I think is Sugar Ray's. It says, you can take my teeth or my bones. They don't matter to me. I will get it. And I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to get there. Even lie or use people. I will make that dream last forever. And it's overlaid over the scene where he he visits Akito and he says that he came to see Akito in person because Akito is most important. We cut away to the gang walking back from their double date adventure and Kagura and Toru are talking about the movie and they're like, I cried. I loved it when Mogeto was like, whatever, with the with the real emperor or something. And Kagura essentially invites herself over to dinner. I mean, she's like, I want to try Toru's cooking before I go. And Kyo is like, you're shameless, go home. Which she chooses to interpret as him being embarrassed. And she calls him Mr. Bashful and then like jab strikes him with her finger in his forehead. <laughs> There's a, the scene where Yuki um, like flicked the Toru's cousin in the forehead. And this mm-hmm. is like the same, but I guess with, in Kagura's case, it's probably like concussing Kyo or something. Like it's yeah. quite intense. <laughs> Um, Yuki doesn't give a shit, and then he wonders if Shigure is home yet or not. Oh, it's in the background, so she calls him Mr. Bashful, and she does the thing. And then in then there's this little, another one of those, like, continuity background things, where Kyo and Kagura are arguing in the background, and then, then the next panel, Kyo's running away, and then Kagura catches them hugging, and it catches him and hugs him, and while he, Kyo has his little kitty ears, like, kind of folded down in defeat. So all that happens in the background while these other things are happening that mm-hmm. I'm about to say, which is really great. I noticed it this time, I thought it was awesome. Yuki doesn't care, as I said, and he wonders if Shigure is home, and they find a woman slumped against the front door, and Toru is like, are you okay? And she's like, I'm completely fine. And then while slowly clicking open one of those, like, sliding exacto knives, she's like, now if you don't mind, I'm going to kill myself. But Shigure arrives, and Toru's like, ah! And Shigure arrives just in time to stop the drama, and he's like, please don't kill yourself on my porch. And she turns around, and she's like, sensei! Ooh. And then Shigure is like, this is my editor, and Yuki is like, I know. <laughs> So once again, or inside again, Shigure is working in his office while his editor, who he calls Michan, sobs. And Toru comes in and is like, do you, do you bring some tea? And, and she's like, do you want some tea? And she asks Shigure if, if Michan will be okay. And he's like, don't worry. Um, he passes on thanks from Hattori, Momichi, and Haru while Michan is crying in the background and having tea, um, of course. Shigure passes on his Thanks for Momiji, Tori, and Haru for the chocolate. And he asked where his is, and Toru's like, I'm making it right now. Um, and that she would be honored if he would accept it. And we see this little, like, Shiguri's eyes kind of pop open in surprise. Kind of this pleased surprise. And he sees Kagura and Toru chatting happily. And then he kind of, like, shakes off those happy feelings and gets back into his, like, kind of his regular state of mind. It's like the thing that he... Well, I guess we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, Shigure's editor sasses him and is like, get back to work. <laughs> Isn't this job important to you? And he says, the most important thing to me has always been me. To which I'm guessing the reply is just like stunned silence because we see it represented as like the little ghost outline figures where Shigure is leaning back mm-hmm. in his glasses and Michan is just like frozen, <laughs> which was really funny. I think that's one of the first time, like Takaya uses that style on a lot of occasions. This might be the first time. I can't mm-hmm. remember. There were stick figures when... Yuki punched Kyo into the sky at the yeah. culture fest, but I think this is the first time we see these little ghosty type figures. After the stunned silence, Michan says that he should do his job for his own sake because if not, she has to make his life miserable and she'll follow him wherever he goes. And he's like, that's scary. And then the last panel is him looking away, resting his head on his hand with kind of this sly expression thinking, catch me if you can. 
And that's the end of chapter 16. I feel like a lot happened. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, but a lot of things happened, but there were no, there was no damage to Shigeru's house. So we can't increase any of our counters and there were no fights broken up by hugging. Although I do feel like I'm, maybe we should add a counter for Kyo bopping Toru on the head. This is, I think the second time. Yeah. I think it's becoming a thing for them. I think it's becoming a thing for them. So yeah, I think this is the second time and it's becoming a thing. I'm going to add it as a counter. <laughs> just going to put it out there. We'll see what happens. Um, we didn't meet any new Somas, but we did meet Michan, Shigure's poor editor. Yeah. Which was, uh, you know, it was an exchange. I love how she was leaving him messages. like her, what I interpret is her like scream begging messages of like, please finish these pages. I'm coming over to get them. Don't leave. And then of course he immediately leaves. I want to talk about the exchange between Kyo and Toru in, it was in chapter, chapter 15, the first one that we summarized. I thought it was an interesting scene. I mentioned that her expression is really interesting. I thought it, it kind of like oscillates between shocked and concerned. So like she's walking out of the house and she's like calling for Kyo and her face, her eyes are open really wide and it's not like shocked, I guess, like, uh, but this kind of like wide-eyed expression. Then she finds him in, in her face, her expression changes to concern. He says, forget about it. And so her face is like, it becomes kind of sh- surprised again, then concerned again. And then when Kyo says, yeah, she's surprised again. Like maybe she wasn't expecting him to react that way. I just thought it was uh, was interesting. So like we... We have this ongoing theme about the how, like the home or the house, and how it relates to you. And I feel like Kyo is like constantly not subverting that, but he's constantly out of the house. Like when things are happening, he's away. He got really uncomfortable and left the house. And this is where they had this kind of discussion. And then Toru talks to him and kind of helps him calm down. And then they go back to the house at the end. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder how this relates to that, if the, if and how this relates to this kind of like theme about homes and yourself and um, family and that kind of stuff that we've called out before. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure how it fits in, but I thought it was interesting to note. And I thought that the way that, I don't know, Tor's expression is interesting. And also the things that Kyo is thinking about are interesting. Kyo, he says he doesn't want to get to know Yuki. We of course had that, um, the flash that like negative image where Kyo is thinking about someone who pro- like got terribly hurt at some point. I think that's what's implied by that image. And it's difficult for us to talk about without, without talking about that because it will return to it in the series. But it's interesting that, so there's that, there's that image and then he runs away. And then when he's talking about Toru, the thing that he thinks about after she says that, he doesn't have to like Yuki is her saying that he has like, he basically saying that he has good traits about himself. So I wonder what it is that he's thinking about. Like, I just think it's interesting that all of that is paired together. He says that he hates, like, if you look at it overall, Kyo says that he hates Yuki and he likes it that way. He has that flash of that, that shocking thing that happened to him. Then Toru says that he doesn't have to like Yuki. Then he thinks about, Toru saying that he has like redeeming qualities essentially so I wonder what it is it's like he doesn't want to change his opinion about Yuki and he also has a negative opinion of himself Mm -hmm. like is that what we can maybe interpret from that I've never thought about this scene deeply before but I think that's something that I feel like we can say perhaps without spoiling anything like maybe that what he's 
the reason that he's upset is it has something to do with the way that he thinks about himself and the way that he thinks about Yuki and how he's envious of Yuki, perhaps. Mm-hmm. He uses his hatred of Yuki to not have to worry about himself or like yeah. not have to face his his feelings about himself. Toru says that he she thinks that he's protecting himself. The hatred is to protect himself from something. So maybe we can say that. I don't know. I think that that's a, one way to interpret it mm-hmm. based on all the things that happen. I just thought, also thought it was an interesting scene. It's kind of like, what was the one that we saw with in this the episode with Haru? There's that little scene where Yuki, Toru is like, did you even, did you like martial arts? And he's like, did I? Like we got that one little, <laughs> that little cut. It kind of reminds me of that. I don't know why. I think like the way that it's positioned maybe in the, in the chapter. It's like Kyo, Kyo is being forced, Shigure basically forced Kyo to question why he like his feelings about yuki i guess but i think Mm -hmm. it's really maybe the interpretation is that it's more like he uses his hatred of yuki to like cover his maybe his negative feelings about himself Mm -hmm. so in that moment maybe he's able to kind of overcome that i don't know that's just my interpretation of that we'll have more spoiler things to say i think (laughs) it's easier to talk about spoilery but i think maybe we can interpret that safely that way Another thing that I kind of wanted, a topic that I wanted to talk to you about is the the date. So the date itself is kind of like, whatever. But I thought about it. I was like, I don't know what there is to say about this. And I thought about it later. And I think it's interesting that the date. So like we, we also talked about in the, in the episode where we talked about Haru, Yuki's sickness as a child is contrasted with the race, right? Mm. Like that's kind of, his sickness is contrasted with the race. So in this case, the date maybe is contrasted with Shigeru's visit to the main house. Like it's mm-hmm. it's directly cut in while he's visiting with Atori. So I wonder what we can maybe interpret it about that from the way that it's cut together. Like Shigeru is visiting and the date is kind of like he's talking about how he's he's like the most cursed. It's also kind of it's positioned with. Another thing that we have, you're going to have trouble discussing, which is the dream that Shigure had. So there's, and maybe it's a spoiler, but we'll get more detail about this later. But to to talk about it without talking about spoilers is like the the dream. Shigure says that he had feelings of longing and passion in the dream. There's this magnolia imagery that's repeated there, and in the scene with Akito. So I think that the dream maybe is tied to Akito somehow, and then. He's Shigure is talking to Hattori, and they have this really vague dialogue where Hattori is, of course, acu- continuing to accuse Shigure of using Akito and Shigure using Toru for something. And it's kind of, but then it's all contrasted with their date. So it's like they're going out together. Shigure's in the main house. Shigure later is isolated with Akito, like he's alone with Akito. Yeah, I think it's mostly like the contrast of like the, they're like out, you know having innocent happy fun <laughs> yes. and then they're in there talking about like oh yeah I'm using them for my <laughs> evil plot or whatever <laughs> yeah that's true shigure also talks about how toru is kind of like an influence on yuhi and and kyo and then we saw the way that she was an influence on kyo directly in the chapter before and then hattori is like oh everything's going according to your plan right like mm-hmm. so i guess maybe like what they're talking about could be that toru's like influences that they're getting out out of the kind of like the regular I don't know the cycle that they're in and the locations that they're in like mm-hmm. Toru like like Kyo is in this this kind of loop of self-loathing 
it seems like, and Toru breaks him out of that. They don't, you know, Kyo and Yuki don't want to spend time together. And because of Toru's reaction to Kagura's suggestion, they decide they acquiesce to going out together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of that is, yeah, contrasted with her being used for that. Like, maybe that's what that, you can interpret it that way. Yeah, and like, you know, Kyo and Yuki get along fine when they're all out together on the date thing. They we have it seems another, like... another picture of them having the same reaction to, like, an outside influence with the movie where they're both like stupid yeah (laughs) yes they're bonded together in their uh in their in their dislike their reaction to the movie and also like their but then also their reaction of being like well whatever like we're on this date like Mm -hmm. let's try to like deal with it together or whatever yeah yeah it's their like they're on a mission they can be on a mission together yeah they're they're on a mission on that date i think yeah (laughs) it feels like a mission um but yeah the dream itself and like all the discussion with Shigure and between Shigure and Atori is interesting. Like I do think that it's implied that the dream is about Akito. We also saw Shigure and Akito again. Shigure is standing over Akito again. Like we saw, I think, in an earlier chapter, it it seemed like um like Shigure was drawn from below and Akito was drawn from above. Like it implied that they were in the situation where Shigure was above Akito, which is really interesting because Akito is the head of the family. So like mm-hmm. I think it's kind of interesting the this this the way that they're positioned implies that Shigure has some kind of power over Akito and he says that he's the he's the most cursed. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. It's kind of interesting to see mm-hmm. that as well. Is there anything else that One you want to? One thing I think is oh. interesting is like where he talks about he says like he won't feel guilty about mm-hmm. Shigure. Shigure says he won't feel guilty about what has to happen as long as he gets what he wants in the end. Mm-hmm. But then he talks about how he like hates himself for it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how it's like, especially with Toru. Mm-hmm. And like, while he's saying that it has a little flashback to him, like patting her on the head from earlier yeah. in the chapter. And then at the very end of the chapter where he's like teasing her about the chocolate and she just says that she's making it right now and she's happy. To be <laughs> he kind of like looks surprised and sees her looking all happy and innocent. And yeah. it's kind of like, he's like, God, I'm awful. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I thought that that little his emotional reaction to that is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, yeah, I can't really put my finger on what emotion it is. I think you're right. It could be kind of like, like, oh, I'm so awful, or like, or like, I think it might have caught him off guard. Like, I, I think what happened is that he he realized that he was feeling happy about that reaction, and that feeling caught him off guard because he was like, oh, I'm not. Like, I'm not affected by her like the way Yuki and Kyoho are, but he is mm-hmm. just as much. And yeah. then he has that little, like, view of Kagura and her, too. So mm-hmm. I thought that that was interesting. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, I also like how the little bit of the Mugeta movie is drawn in a different Oh, styles. yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Mugeta is funny. Like, it's, um, I like the way that it's, like, this, like, running thing in the series. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it's, like, clearly a riff on, like, Pokemon or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought the dialogue, I kind of, like, I didn't talk about it very much in the, uh, in the summary but like the dialogue in it is really funny it's like mm-hmm. Ari transformed in, or like blah, blah 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 transformed into Ari it's like and Mogeta they're like no Mogeta don't give in to the to the evil like thing and Mogeta is like Mogeta yeah. <laughs> I don't know it's just really funny and I also really enjoyed the way that Kyo and Yuki were like not into it at all yeah it seems like a typical date <laughs> there's something about it that's really funny in that case, uh, maybe we move on to spoilery discussion. Sounds good to me. Okay, so uh, so we'll cut it off. I will play music, and then we'll talk about spoilery things. 
thank you all for listening and thanks again for your patience with my voice also i hope you enjoyed listening to this for like three hours <laughs> the sound of this um you can find us on all the stay together podcast places and again we really appreciate all your feedback and your notes it's really heartwarming for us so next time we're going to talk about uh chapter 17 and 18 and thank you all for your support and for listening we'll see you next time bye bye <laughs> We're back to talk about spoilers. We have a lot of spoiler things to say, I think. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking I had like a couple of small things. Okay. So we maybe talk about that before we go way into Let's yeah. The big thing. Let's do it. Yeah. That's a good call. Um so we get our Mayuko's first appearance. Yes. In this chapter. Yes. <laughs> she I don't think she even gets named in this chapter. No. She gets a recognizable appearance. Yes. And will show up for the rest of the series she also gets a quote okay. drop yeah we we debated about who it was briefly yeah, we couldn't remember the description of shigeri that yuki talks about we couldn't remember where it was but i was digging around and i found that it was mayuko during yeah. somewhere in volume 10 i can't remember which chapter it's it 56 i looked it up for this <laughs> yeah okay so yeah if you want to um, see it it's 56 yeah and it's like yeah it's taken pretty much directly from there there's a really similar drawing of mayuko mm-hmm during her relationship with Shigure. She yeah. also uh, describes him as a jellyfish later on in the chapter. Oh, nice. <laughs> she uses both of those descriptions. The funny thing is that I wonder who told Yuki that. I mean, I guess yeah, maybe Hitori? I yeah, I'm guessing, like, one of the other, one of the Mabadachi trio, like, overheard, or she yeah. t- told it to one of them, and later either, like, told it to Yuki, or Yuki overheard them talking about it. Yeah. Although I don't, it couldn't have been, it probably wasn't like Ayame, because Ayame doesn't really have a connection with Yuki until the series, so, like, maybe Hitori? Probably know. not, but if they were, like, having a conversation, he happened to be there, maybe. Maybe. But... Yeah, but he, def- I mean, so it came from Maiko, so he definitely overheard it from one of them, someone who knows her, and he yeah, doesn't know. Ayame, yeah. is still in contact with Mayuko. I yes. I'm not sure about Hitori at this point in the series. Shigure is in contact with her, too. It's just Hattori yeah. who really Not wasn't in <laughs> just yeah. being annoying contact i guess yeah <laughs> yeah and then i guess yuki doesn't know being like you know what someone called me once <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe he would be like that but probably not to yuki yeah, um i don't <laughs> i don't get the feeling that they have a very close relationship like yuki and kyo or yuki and uh shigure they live mm-hmm. together but i don't i think that yuki's kind of wary of him he's just like happy to not be in the main house yeah. And I think Shigure is kind of like, whatever. Yeah, you know. I get the feeling it wasn't told to him directly, that he just overheard Yeah, somebody discussing it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that he knows, though. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. I just, I'm just i just excited mm-hmm. Mayuko's finally here. I feel like it's been yeah, so long. she's fun. I like her. Yeah, she's great. And I like that she was in the anime. We talked about it in our yeah. episode about the anime. Um, that she's there, and it's it's nice. It was nice to a little see her, get to see her, too. Yeah, and then... Uh, somewhat related to Mayuko's appearance is we get kind of she's like kind of hassling Kyo about his hair color <laughs> yeah and that becomes kind of a thing for other Zodiac members where they're like unnatural hair colors and <laughs> stuff their curse winds up kind of impacting their normal mm-hmm. life especially at school yeah there's that scene with uh Hataru later at school yeah, there's the comedic <laughs> one with Haru and then the much less comedic stuff with Kisa yes yeah 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 you're right Yuki never seemed to get picked on or sassed for his hair color yeah Maybe they think he's going prematurely gray and like rude. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but yeah.
Or maybe they just think it's so beautiful. Yoki was just ahead of the, like... That's probably what it is. Probably the same as Ayame. They were just like... Oh, yeah. They're just like, oh, he's so pretty. Yeah. You can't say anything bad. Yuki was just ahead of the, like, silver hair trend from the from a couple yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. And the other thing is that we get a brief mention of Ayame. Yeah, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. You know yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, that guy. You know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he's also been in the chapter too like he was drawn in that scene with Hattori when they're yeah. talking about his true form or his not true form his zodiac form yeah. <laughs> Hattori's true form is like an anglerfish <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway the conversation because he'd presumably be a male anglerfish which is in any case he's the short end of the animal st- animal break. <laughs> He's getting. We Kayla and I made a joke that we should have. Uh, we talked about the anime break. The so the episodes that we're calling that we're talking about the anime. We called it anime break, and I joked that we should have it. Or no, wait, I misspoke and called it animal break, and then I joked that we should have a thing called animal break because we talk about animals a lot, and then also we end up talking about animals because we talk about all the zodiac. So animal break. It's funny that it's funny that you mentioned that I picked anglerfish because. Uh, like he's getting the short end of the the or the sex stick for yeah. fish because he's a seahorse. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's either carrying the babies or he's like, uh, you know, just attaching to a female or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> that's not canon. Anyway, <laughs> in my new fan <laughs> I still want someone to write a or do fan art of Hattori, um at the aquarium being like surrounded by seahorses i think that it would yeah. be hilarious <laughs> but alas yeah did you have any other small things yeah everything else was either about the the scene with kyo or the scene with shigeru and hattori so. yeah that's true so who do you want to do first you want to do kyo <laughs> let's do kyo <laughs> okay let's do kyo so yeah of course the scene which it's very difficult for us to talk about without spoiling it but this at least like, to say something meaningful meaningful without spoiling it but the mm-hmm. of course the scene that Kyo remembered was uh Kyoko Toru's mother uh dying I guess after the accident which I thought was interesting that it's like so Shigure says the whole all of the images that are all those thing parts of that that are connected together are, are interesting and I don't really know how to interpret them yet um mm-hmm. but like like at a high level what happens is Shigure so Kagura is like you and I heard from Haru that you and Yuki are getting along better. Shigure, or then she leaves. Shigure is like, oh yeah, Haru's right. He comes to like pick on Kyo a little bit. Kyo is like, fuck that. I hate Yuki and I like it that way. And then Shigure is like, you seem like you're just doing that because you're obligated. And then, but you're scared to find out like what would happen, I guess, if you got along. Then he has that flashback. So that's an interesting thing. He mm-hmm. leaves and then Toru goes and talks to him and what he he remembers her saying that there are good qualities about him and that kind of like breaks him out of his he's basically like in a fetal position on his feet mm-hmm. <laughs> like kind of it gets him out of that state of mind yeah. so all those things tied together like i wonder how you interpret that what i'm kind of seeing for this is that it's like all of like kill's negative stuff all all at once. up together because they're all kind of connected in vague ways i think mm-hmm. it's because, you know, I think what, later on in the, when you get the full flashback of Kyo after the accident, when he's, like, with Kazuma. Yeah. It's that, like, he kind of doubled down on his, like, I'm going to train and beat Kyo, beat Yuki at that time. It kind of gave him, like, a purpose to hold on to. It did. 
yeah so like so that's kind of strongly associated there his hatred for yuki is kind of associated with that and i think like so that's part of why he's afraid to let go of that and i think Mm -hmm. the flashback to him seeing yuki during his attack in the previous chapter Mm -hmm. is part of him like he doesn't want to like he was feeling not hatred toward yuki he's kind of like worried about losing that Mm -hmm. yeah like what would happen basically like you're right that the the thing that so basically like he never he never really worked through his feelings about what happened with to Kyoko. Mm-hmm. So he he got close to a person. I like the way that I'm I, what I'm seeing is that with Kyoko he got close to a person who accepted him and cared about him, and then she died horribly, and he couldn't he felt like he couldn't do anything to save her because of he's cursed. And that it would cause bad things for him, right? So that's that guilt is all mm-hmm. tied up there with the fact that he got to know he felt he cared for someone then you have the situation with yuki you're right that he basically like he never got over that guilt and those feelings he never worked through those feelings or kind of whatever acknowledged them and moved forward from that he just ignored them and replaced them with this feeling that's like focused on hating yuki and trying to defeat him right Mm -hmm. and that that would fix his problems because then he would be accepted by the zodiac like he's not accepted by the zodiac he was accepted by kyoko and she died horribly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So, like, yes, all those things are kind of intricately tied together. And I think you're right that if he stop, he feels like if he stops hating Yugi, like, what is he going to have? Like, that's the, yeah. the primary driver in his life. Like, he's he's heading to being confined. If he doesn't beat Yugi, he's going to be confined. He's going to be in the same. He feels like he's going to be in the same position that he is in right now. Mm-hmm. His ticket to get out. He feels like his ticket to get out of that is beating Yugi. But then, yeah. yeah, he couldn't. So then, in the when he's in the scenario where Yuki is in a, a position and, and Kyo feels something for him other than hatred, as you pointed out, like mm-hmm. if he feels empathy or sympathy or whatever, anything, and like or spending time with him, like getting to know him as a person, like if he gets to know Yuki as a person, he's not going to hate him anymore, and he knows that. I think like Kyo knows yeah. that distancing himself from Yuki can help him st- stay in that state of mind, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why he doesn't want to spend time with him. That's why he doesn't push himself and yeah i think you're definitely right you're right in your interpretation that it's all tied to those all of those feelings are tied together very subtly yeah so it's interesting that then we get this scene where all of them are put together pretty clearly Mm -hmm. like but you wouldn't know when you're reading through it before like you wouldn't know any of that so you can go Mm -hmm. back and see that it's really interesting and then toru it's funny because so then toru toru is like you don't have to you don't have to like him so then what what is what what is that mean? and then he thinks about Kyo thinks about where she said that he has redeeming qualities or whatever that he has good qualities and Yuki does too but he's only remembering the part where she talked about him. Mm-hmm. So is that just like kind of absolving him of that guilt? I think it's kind of like at the moment maybe giving him the like like it's okay I don't have to deal with this right now mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. Cuz he talks about like I don't want to think about it yet. Yeah, that's true. Like that's what he says at the end of that mm-hmm. scene, and then he gets up. Yeah. And it's interesting that she's the one, like, he feels, the whole, like, the 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 tension that he feels about how he feels about Toru and how he feels about what happened to Kyoko, mm-hmm. it's not very, I think it's not super evident in this scene, but it's interesting that she's the one who's, it's like all those feelings of guilt are tied together, and she is able to say something that still kind of helps him, at least temporarily, kind of, yeah. you know, go back to, I don't know, his usual self. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because they even say like when he comes back to the house and he's back to sniping <laughs> with Shigure, it's, yeah. it's like nothing changed. So yeah, be able to kind of just pull him back out of that kind of back to his current stability. Yeah, he's back to coping, not, if not going forward yet, because he's not ready to go forward yet. Yeah, you're right. She maybe you're right in the way that she what she did was she it led him to c- continue to cope. Mm-hmm. Shigure was trying to get him yeah. to face that. She, yeah. He was. The, I don't think that Shigure knows any of that, but he was picking at him in a way that yeah i think he knows kind of that he hates yuki hatred of yuki is a coping method yeah so i think he's just kind of tired of hearing that at the moment <laughs> yeah so trying to push him yeah so yeah it's like so shigure pushed him and toru was like you don't have to yeah maybe we can interpret it as saying like you don't have what toru did was enable him to continue to like use all his feelings to cope yeah she yeah. even says like i may not be able to like it might not be something I can fix. It's probably something he has to do himself. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously not ready to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very insightful of her to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's just kind of giving him the support to keep going as he is until he is ready. Yeah. And then she was also honest with him too. She was like, um, you know, I also would like it if you got along better with Yuki, but you don't have to. It's okay if you don't. Yeah. I think, yeah, that was, a, it was think, a big scene. Yeah. I think, um, Tora and Kyo are always pretty honest with each other when they're alone, which is a good thing for both of them. That's what makes them a great you see ship. That even, I mean, yeah, what? You see, and you see that even pretty early on. Like, yeah. Before, I always, I'm still on the lookout for, like, when do they start kind of having feelings for each other? Mm-hmm. Um, and I still don't think they do yet. Like, I mean, kind of. Like, I think they are they have these, like, kind of close feelings. Yeah. Um. I mean, I noticed it more like in the anime, he, he does his little like bonk on the head. Well, you just talked about episode four of the anime mm-hmm. and he does that little bonk on the head and she kind of like blushes. And I was like, oh yeah, like this definitely getting to that place. But I still feel like in this, I don't know. It's like she hasn't, she does, Toru doesn't have those feelings yet. Kyo, I did, when he, so I think I mentioned it, but he stands up. When he gets up to leave, he looks at her and he has this little, she's kind of just smiling and he has this little, he blushes, and then they keep walking together. So I actually mm-hmm. think that maybe he's starting to develop feelings for her. But because I, I don't know why, or maybe he's embarrassed or whatever. I guess like you could mm-hmm. interpret it that way too. But he, and also he remembers, it's not like he remembers something else. He remembers the thing that she said about him too. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm just turning this into like a ship discussion, but I just, <laughs> I think um, it seems like they're they're getting there, but they're not really there yet. So I don't know. Yeah. I would it's, agree that they're not quite there yet. Yeah, for sure. But it's it was a it's more so interesting that Kyo has all this guilt around Toru and Toru's the one who's still able to like comfort him to the point where he can get back to his regular like coping style, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think that that helped helped me interpret it because I was like, why would you mm-hmm. pair all these why would you pair all these things together? Like mm-hmm. you get yeah, like, I don't know, I listed all of them before, so I won't do it again. But yeah, it's yeah. like, it's interesting that you get this, like, Kyoko scene in, inserted there seems kind of out of place, but I think the way that you put that together makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of messy when you first read it, but I think it's supposed to be, because it's supposed to be kind of like his inner turmoil. Yeah. Like, all this stuff just mixed up together and roiling around inside him. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Um, I do, I, I kind of talked about this before, but it's interesting how um, whenever something bad happens to Kyo, he, like, runs out of the house. So, yeah. like, for the for example, when Kagura was there, he was on the roof. Um, and Toru went outside and kind of, like, got him back. And then mm-hmm. in the in this scene, Toru goes and gets him and brings him back. Mm-hmm. In his true form scene, Toru goes and gets him and brings him back. 
in the scene yeah. where Toru confesses to him at the end, he's outside. She's kind of like still on in the house, like she's on the porch thing, but he runs off. So he leaves again. Mm-hmm. Every time something is uncomfortable for him, he leaves. And when Kyo, when Shisho first shows up, Kyo is like, he says that he hates living there and he says that it's like lukewarm water, but it's like really what's happening is that he's getting close to people and he doesn't want to get close to anyone. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of, I just thought it was interesting how it fits into all of those things. Like there's something yeah. about Kyo. Kyo can't stand to be in the house when he can't, when he's being forced to deal with his feelings about these different things, like his guilt. Mm-hmm. Like when Toru confesses, he admits that he was there when Kyoko died. Uh, the other, like, of course, there's the scene with his true form. And then these other things about his kind of insecurity or his other feelings. So mm-hmm. it's almost like the house is <laughs> being in the house where he has to be exposed to other people. It exposes him to you know getting close to yuki or getting close to toru yeah. getting close to other people and he yeah. leaves and when that's it's kind of like like in the early chapter and shigure is talking to him about like it's like training to be yes. with people yeah it's like training for martial arts it's kind of like yeah it's just it's a part of that yeah. mm-hmm. it's delivering on that <laughs> like being yeah. being there is uncomfortable he leaves whenever he's uncomfortable someone mm-hmm. usually toru goes and gets him i think 90 i think all the time it's always toru goes and gets him back and brings mm-hmm. him back to the house where he needs to be to grow and get yeah. work through all these feelings that he has and his guilt and stuff. Yeah. It was a good scene. I don't remember it. Like there's, <laughs> there's always things that I, like I kind of, like I know that Toru goes and comforts him a lot, but it wasn't something that I thought of. And now I'm thinking like, it's a really interesting scene. I thought that was, mm-hmm. that was cool. Yeah. I've always remembered the imagery of Toru kind of like kneeling next to him when he's mm-hmm. all like curled up in on himself. That was always a striking image to me. It's really striking. The way that he's curled up is really striking. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I didn't. It's not something that I think of when I think of like scenes in Fruits Basket that I remember or like I don't know enjoy. But when we got when I got to that part, I was like, wow, like that is that's intense depression. Like that is mm-hmm. he's just trying to to you know he's trying to comfort himself. He has his arms like wrapped all the way around himself and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was it was intense. So yeah, it is striking. Um, do you want to talk about? Kyo, or about Tori and Shigure. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about them? All right, it's the it's what we have left to talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting that the dream is alluded to quite early. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, there's a lot of stuff here that's alluded to that doesn't get delivered until way later. Which way, way is later. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting time to set this up. This is partway through the third volume, so it's not. It's pretty mm-hmm. early. Yeah. And yeah, the dream. Although Shigure said that he was like, oh, you remember when I had that dream? But I thought all of them had the dream. I thought like him and Ayame and Kareno and Hattori had the same dream, but I can't remember. I don't know. I, don't I didn't check. I had the dream, but he says they all woke up crying. Yeah, is, they did. I never remember that he said that. Maybe he's yeah. the only one who like remembered the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And he said they all cried. Like he did say, mm-hmm. well, he, I mean, he didn't say Kareno, but yeah, he said that him and Aya and Hattori all cried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's obviously the morning after Akita was conceived that they yeah. all go crying yes and felt the bond already yeah I think it's interesting how Shigure is like like obviously we know that Shigure and Akito have a relationship but the way that he describes the feeling in his dream like even as a child mm-hmm. he's like I wanted it to last I wanted to be able to hold it that's it's like a his motivation for wanting to be with Akito is to feel this to the bond the same way that he felt in the dream it seems like mm-hmm. is what he's saying 
just like it talks about like how the like the bond becoming something painful for mm-hmm. everything later on, which is a big like concept from later on about the that was the old promise that started as a positive thing and became this like horrible like chain around everyone's neck. Mm-hmm. Yes, it transformed to something that was yeah that's holding them instead of being something that's like attractive. Mm-hmm. And Shigure says that he still wants he still feels like it's attractive. It's interesting that Hattori yeah. is like. Well, like, I'm also just as cursed as you. So that's kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Hattori, I mean, obviously he had, he was in love with Kana, but then I think maybe he still feels that bond too, in a, mm-hmm. in some way. I mean, they all do, but yeah, the the way that he describes it to Shigure, mm-hmm. at the, or like the I way think, that he comments about it to Shigure at the end. Yeah. And I think Hattori is still one of the ones like closest to Akito. It's true. He's always around. I say around. Shigure or Hattori? Well, um, I think he's yeah, not quite on Shigure's level, but still seems to be the one of the ones closest to Akito. Yeah, even after all the time, there's a he has to take care of Akito. Mm-hmm. And there's like uh, I was reading much later when I was flipping through trying to find uh, that description of Shigure, mm-hmm. and I was reading the part when it's like when Karino first reveals the whole thing with Akito. Yeah, and there and he's talking about how like he couldn't. Like, he can never, like, turn away from that, you know, hurt crying girl or whatever. Yeah. At the same time as that, they also have um, Akito's, like, freaking out about something in the main house. And yeah, Hattori has kind of a flashback to remembering young Akito, like, asking Hattori to pick her up. And he, like, holds on to Akito and picks her up in, like, the current timeline. So there's, yeah. shows that there's still kind of some of that old bond. Mm-hmm. I remember that scene. Uh, it yeah. sticks out to me a lot. Like, the one where mm-hmm. uh, Hattori goes and picks Akito up. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's mm-hmm. very, it's also striking. Yeah. Because we know, we know about Hattori. I don't know. It seems like he's very torn between, you know, Akito and like, other, and I guess Kana or like. Yeah. And even yeah. just with the Kana flashback, there's the repeated thing that he never blamed Akito. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, which seems, I, I guess, out of It seems place. like he still has more like some of that, str- feels that bond and loyalty still pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't seem as removed from Akito as somebody like Momiji or Haru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like we talked about Kisa and Hiro, you know, they're kind of, they don't spend that much time with Akito, it seems. Yeah. But the older Zodiac, and like, I think they mentioned specifically Ritsu was too young, because Ritsu's kind of in yeah. between the age of like Shigure and uh, Tori and Ayame, but and not mm-hmm. uh, not as young as like Yuki and Kyo and Toru. Yeah. So I think there's probably something to like, like they've felt that bond when it formed where the other ones yeah. were like born with it already there. Yeah. Maybe they felt, yeah. Like, they, I guess you're right. It's like feeling, I guess like you, maybe you interpret it as like, I don't know how they interpret the bond. Like it'll be interesting when we get to some of those chapters, but maybe it's like the feeling Shigure describes it as like passion. Maybe it's like the feeling of like falling in love or realizing that you have a connection with someone. Mm-hmm. I can see how that would be difficult to let go of. Yeah. And so, and that's like that is the whole curse. So, mm-hmm. but Shigure is intentionally trying to keep it for himself. It's like he seems. It seems like he thinks that like Akito, he has like. I mean, he interprets it as like a direct relationship with Akito, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas others, I don't know how they feel about it. Yeah. And Shigure has sought like a direct relationship with Akito. Yeah, because part of Shigure's motivation is like breaking the curse. So it's like just him and Akito. Just him and Akito. Akito and all of the Zodiac. Akito and everybody else, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, that's essentially his motivation. 
I think it's interesting how Hattori is like, oh, you and Akito's plan is going well, but I don't know if Akito is in on the plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know how Akito... Like, does Akito feel that strongly about Shigure? It's not necessarily clear. Like, obviously they end up together, but I think I was always under the impression... I think she does, but I don't think she's, like... I don't think she's in on the, like, break the curse so just them can be together, but I think she does feel, like, a particular possessiveness of Shigure, Shigure. just like Shigure feels for her. That's true, because then that's why she... Or that's why he, well, yeah, that's why things happen, mm-hmm. I guess. But, like, yeah. Akito, I think, uh, Akito's also slept with multiple Zodiac. Like, it's not just Shigure. Mm-hmm. Although, not like you have to have strong feelings to sleep with someone, but. Yeah. It seems like Akito has a has a, a connection, yeah. a deeper connection with multiple members of Zodiac. Maybe especially deep with Shigure. Yeah. I do think a lot of her, like, sleeping with the other members is partially motivated by. Being, being like, mad at Shigure. Wanting, wanting Shigure to, like, you know be jealous and stuff it's manipulating shigure specifically yeah. she manipulates the other zodiac members in different ways like with violence but with shigure yeah. it's emotional mm-hmm. yeah that whole scene was interesting it is vague it's hard to talk about i think yeah. um well, it's hard to talk about without uh spoiling things because it's obvious what it's to us what it's talking about yeah um i thought it was nice it was interesting to hear shigure's like it's also a scene that i don't really remember um it, it like kind of gets lumped into a bunch of things where it's like I know that this is part of the storyline so it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. to see like Shigure's first interpretation of the, or his, the first mention of the dream and this, the way that he interpreted it and how he you know then he goes and visits Akito again I still think it's interesting how Shigure is is positioned above Akito constantly mm-hmm. like this is the second time we saw it it's also something that I didn't really take deep notice of but I wonder what that's yeah. about too like what power does he have mm-hmm. over her why is he always shown in that way? Yeah, I think it's interesting because, like, I think the positioning is almost foreshadowing for that because you do find out later on that he is one of the only ones who can, can really her. manipulate Akito and has some influence on yeah, her. Yeah, that is true. Can, like, confront her directly. Maybe that is what it is. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I feel like it's kind of, like, foreshadowing that, that relationship earlier on. Yeah. That's all I have to say about those. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about these chapters yeah all right nothing spoilery stuff (laughs) yeah it was good it was a good one i like these we're getting these like these two sometimes we get two that kind of like pair together i don't know that these two pair together but it's just like one leads into the other where we see some of kyo's kind of hang-ups and guilt and feelings and then we see like these other things that are manipulating other people and their their guilt and feelings. timeline wise they go together too yeah like they agree to go on the date and they're going on the date then they're going on the date yeah, the date. It's so int- it's really interesting to me. That the date is paired with, uh, with sugar with uh, their conversation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of enjoying these like a couple of these times where we see the- these two things that are paired together and like thinking about why they might be paired together. Um, yeah, and yeah, I think you're right. I think we talked about it in the non spoilers that it's just like. Shigure is inside. They are all the the gang is uh, having their double date on the outside. They're going out more and kind of like in regular society. They go. They're doing this like mm-hmm. regular activity, like going on a little like double date, and uh, it's Valentine's Day. So I guess it's kind of like they're getting to express, you know, like Kyo doesn't like doesn't have strong feelings for Kagura. But Kagura at least is getting to kind of like express these like romantic feelings or whatever with people other than Akito, like they're getting to form this kind of bond together. You talked about um, kind of like your, one of your theories is that the Zodiac members are all really close with each other. And that's part of mm-hmm. help helping the, the curse break maybe, or it's kind of related to things changing. 
So this is like a good example of that. Whereas Hattori and Shigure are in the main house. They're in really close proximity to Akito. And like we get their opinion that they feel like they're connected to Akito and they can't they can't break mm-hmm. out of that. Both of them said that in their own ways, right? Shigure yeah. wants it. Hattori feels like he can't. He's just as cursed as Shigure or whatever, mm-hmm. if you want to interpret it that way. So it's an interesting contrast, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On that note, <laughs> next time we'll talk about, uh, we'll see what happens in chapters uh, 17 and 18. I'm not sure what mm-hmm. happens yet. So it'll be, <laughs> it'll be fun. You can follow us on all the things and send us your asks and questions. I'm, I'm always happy to answer them. I think it's really interesting. And yeah, if anybody catches any like things that allude to other things in other chapters, I know someone sent us a direct message on Twitter for one for later, which I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like way later. It's like in the 80s. So we'll see later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if anybody has anything that they want to share with us, please, please, uh, please do. Because we are listening to everything. I'm watching all the socials and the things. So. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting for us. Okay, uh, that's it for now. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.